For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome in to 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Drew Creaseman, and as always, I'm excited to be talking Colorado Rockies baseball with you here on the show. We've done a lot of ramping up to sort of the typical off-season conversation about free agents and trades and all of that, right? I've, I've done some framing conversation, uh, took a little bit of time to do some Thanksgiving, and I hope all of you did as well and had a wonderful one, if you observe, and if not, I, I hope last Thursday was pleasant for you. But <laughs> I wanted to dive into here, I think, where, where we really have to start with a free agent conversation when it comes to the Colorado Rockies, if we're going to dive into some specifics here, and that is with starting pitching. As most of you know, and as I wrote on milehighsports.com, and I, ho- I hope those of you who read <laughs> will we'll go and check it out, um... The Rockies exist in this, as as most of you know, very difficult situation, right? They need starting pitching. Every team needs starting pitching. You cannot be a successful Major League Baseball team without quality starting pitching. And the Rockies didn't get it this last season. They're in a rough spot because everyone was on a down year, Marquez and Freeland in particular. They're not going to have Sensatella to start the season. Gomber had a really bad year. And after those guys, it's a bunch of question marks from veteran Jose Ureña, who they brought back on, I think it was $3 million deal one year with potential for second year. That's fine. I'm I'm totally on board with that type of deal for a player like that. And then there's a bunch of young players who, who knows what, Ryan Rollison, Peter Lambert, Carl Kaufman, and so on. And so... We find ourselves once again in the situation where the Rockies could really use a big boost to their starting pitching if they're going to try to get back into contending. And we we all know, again, everyone listening to this knows the Rockies aren't going to tear down and rebuild and do the thing that so many other people want them to do. They're going to try to be better next year. And so how can they do it? In my mind, having studied the history of this team, the only way that this is going to work out, if you're going to get a star pitcher ever, you're going to grow him. It's going to be John Gray, but working out even better. It's going to be Armand Marquez, but working out even better. It may even still be Armand Marquez um, or Kyle Freeland, right? Those are the types of, I think if you're ever going to have that ace, you're going to have to grow him. I don't believe the Rockies will ever, they certainly haven't yet, sign a pitcher in free agency who comes here with a big resume of success behind him and brings that to Colorado. There are two primary reasons why that won't happen, right? One, at least half, if not closer to 70% of the eligible people I just mentioned who would even fit in that category, your Jacob deGroms, your Clayton Kershaws, your Justin Verlanders, they're not even going to pick up the phone. Right there, or their, rather, their agent isn't even going to, you know, they see the Rockies on the, the dial and they just laugh and hang up because 
those guys have their choice. If they're free agents, right, which they are, those ones right now are, but I'm saying any of those types of guys over the years, those guys are sought after to the extent that they get to choose. And none of those guys are choosing to go to Colorado <laughs> to pitch. No one would if given their options. It doesn't make sense. For a starting pitcher to go to a place we know what it does to starting pitching numbers and probably to the arm and to the health, there's just no good reason to do it if you have every baseball team eligible out there, you know, in front of you. And then, of course, there is the money part where this is the most expensive commodity in baseball, right? You, the you, you a star starting pitcher. Max Scherzer, you saw the deal he got, right? $40 million a year. That's what you're talking about. And there's a certain market that suggests that's a fair value for a picture, picture of Max Scherzer's status. So we all know there's that extra tax. You'd have to pay him even more to get him to come to Colorado. And then we all know there's no guarantee that even if they were to go all in on that and blow away somebody and, and maybe one of these guys more in the... Uh, prime of their career, right? Because right now we're talking about you know Verlander or, or Kershaw or these guys who are past their prime, right? But even if one of these guys was 28 and the Colorado Rockies could offer him a $500 million contract to bring, bring the best pitcher in baseball here, there's a bigger chance that that contract blows up in their faces here than anywhere else, right? We have a long history of whether, whether it's Mike Hampton, Denny Nagel, Jeremy Guthrie, uh, in the bullpen, take your pick, Jake McGee, Wade Davis, Brian Shaw. There's a long list of guys who had good numbers elsewhere and came to Colorado and were either not good or were terrible. And if you are if you have a big contract attached to them, then that means you need to keep running them out there and keep sinking your team and keep losing baseball games. So, you know, Carlos Rodon. Is that something that the Rockies should get in on? And my answer would be no. And I get, you know, what it feels counterintuitive to say the, their biggest need is starting pitching. If they can get the best pitcher out there available and they could actually bring them in, of course, they, they should do that. But there are just so many ways in which that deal could blow up on the team, not work out in their favor, and ultimately hamper them in the long run and not just in the short term, right? Meanwhile, on the flip side of it, you look at some of the few pitchers in Rockies history who have found success, and a lot of them are either homegrown, like I talked about from John Gray, Kyle Friedland. I, I count Marquez. It's a little more complicated. But even going back to Ubaldo Jimenez, Antonio Sensatella right now, homegrown guys, or the diamond in the rough category, the, the reclamation project. The, the two best examples of this in Rockies history, of course, Jorge De La Rosa, most underrated Rocky of all time, probably the second best pitcher in Rocky's history, uh, who came in as basically a, a, a throw-in. Um, and it was a total afterthought when he came to the Rockies later in his career at like 27, I think. And just hadn't put up good numbers with either Baltimore or Kansas City, uh, but comes to Colorado and discovers himself, right? And then you have a similar thing with Daniel Bard, who was out of baseball for six years. I would even throw Greg Holland into this conversation. That was a, a unique situation. But when they have done this, rather than going after the guy that everyone else is looking at, but get a little more creative, maybe an incentive-laden contract, maybe find that guy. Even Chad Cool is a much more 
tame version of what I'm talking about here, right? Chad Cool didn't light the world on fire. He wasn't phenomenal, but he was a very solid serviceable. He was better than those guys that got paid two, three, four, five times as much, right? And the fact that he was only okay means that you can explore other options now. Maybe they decide to bring back Chad Cool, and I think there could be an interesting uh, argument to be made that, that let him continue the work. On, on dealing with the Coors effect, and maybe if he had stayed healthier, he might have had he might have continued the way he began the season, right? I think a lot of us thought Chad Cool's going to taper off, and he did, but he was a, an almost a one-war pitcher, right? He was an above-average pitcher. Not a great one, but solid. You need those, but you also got to be looking for those guys who maybe could pop and do a little bit more, and you don't know who they're going to be, or, or you hope that your, your scouts and, and your advanced... Uh, metrics people and all those guys can kind of come together and figure out who that might be, right? And so I talked about a few in the article. Article, article? In the article, I, I want to mention a few extras here, but also talk about some of those names. So I really like Michael Lorenzen, uh, who's been with Cincinnati for a long time, and he, he's been a reliever. He's been a starter. He was one of those pitchers who could hit a little bit, run the bases and stuff, things like that. A good athlete guy, right? Also kind of one of those those characters, a little bit of, a, of an interesting cat. I know the Rockies have had interested him in the past. Again, he's a guy whose raw numbers don't look especially great. Usually with the ERA around four, the thing that worries me most about him is, is he walks a lot of guys, and that can really come back to bite you at Coors Field, but he's pretty good at avoiding the home runs and the runs overall. And he's pretty good at putting up pitcher war, if if that's what you're into, right? He's been an above average guy for a while, still 31 years old. So he's got experience, but he shouldn't be over the hill at this point. And because he spent a lot of time in the bullpen, he doesn't have quite as many innings on the arm. The one question with him, like I said, in addition to the walks is, is he going to be able to pitch enough innings? Do you see him as a starter? The thing I like about that is if one of your young guys does happen to pop, if Ryan Rollison or Peter Lambert, Carl Kaufman, somebody else maybe puts it together, there's a versatility with Lorenzen where you can have him start ball games early in the year, and if someone else emerges, he can move into your bullpen. Because you need both, right? The Rockies very much need both. He could be an asset in either spot. He could be a multiple-inning reliever. He can be a late-inning reliever, and he can start some games for you. So I like the idea of Michael Lorenzen, but I I could see the walks really being a problem uh, at Coors Field. I'm curious about guys like uh, Trevor Williams and Mike Miner. These are innings eater guys. Mike Miner's a little bit older, and so you might be able to get him at a discounted price, but he did put up two wins uh, last year. Trevor Williams, uh, a little bit younger at 30 years old, and again, about a, a two-win performance. I uh, These are guys, again, these are more innings eaters. So this is less, maybe you hope, a change of scenery. Like I, I think the change of scenery could bring out the best in Michael Lorenzen, right? He could be one of those where you find a guy, and I know it's counter to People say, how are the Rockies pitching coaches going to make a guy better? But it does happen, right? Look at Daniel Bard, right? Look at Chad Cool. It, it just happened. Uh, there's another guy on this list. Where is he? Uh, Jamison Tyone, who's been with the Pittsburgh Pirates for a little while. And uh, maybe Chad Cool's on the, the phone. Well, he's a free agent too, but maybe they sign them both. Uh, or, or maybe at some point during the season, you know, he, they, they talked and he said, yeah, man, this is working for me out here. And it didn't happen to work for whatever reason out there. 
Uh, Tyone is a guy I've always really liked and, and would be interested in. Uh, Joe Ross is another guy that I like and I'm interested in. Uh, he's been out there with Washington kind of under the radar for a little while. He's a little bit younger. So if you're really looking for, um, because again, Joe Ross has always been like fine, right? Most of these guys I'm talking about are guys who are, I guess the above replacement level is what, is the right phrase, right? They're just above replacement level pitchers. None of these guys have really ever been close to an all-star game, but they've all got a decent amount of experience under the belt. And you might wonder if, for whatever reason, um, and it's not always even, I think sometimes we make it so simple and we go, oh, well, if they went to one place and were better, it was the coaches that made them better. Sometimes it's just the stage of a guy's career. I think for Chad Cool, a lot of it was that. I think, you know, Sometimes just getting out. A lot of these players uh, have played for one organization their whole career and have been getting the same kind of instruction and coaching for most of that time. And just going somewhere else and and hearing about, you know, I can very lightly say for me, just, you know, moving to a different team can make you start thinking and looking at things a little bit differently and, and, and having a different take on how you're going to approach your game. And sometimes that unlocks stuff in players and there really isn't a, a magical thing and it's not really, oh, well, coach so-and-so, you know, it's it's really about the players. Um, some of these guys like Aaron Sanchez, Carlos Martinez, Zach Davies, those are more um, risky. Are they high risk, high reward? They're more, I would say, more medium risk, medium reward uh, type of players. If you're, you know, whether you're talking about injuries or, or, or stuff, what kind of contracts are they going to get? Uh, multiple years again. I think anyone you can sign for um, a one-year deal, or even a guy like uh, Mike Fultonavich, who's coming off a bad season where he was he was a, a negative WAR player, almost a full negative win. He got so many innings, um, but but he's also shown success in the past. That would be interesting. Anyone you can get on a one-year deal, the Rockies should sign. Essentially, anyone you can get, any one of these guys you could get on a one-year deal at five million or less, sign. Some of these guys are probably going to command multiple years, though, and that's when you have to, you know, ask yourself. Um, somebody like Dylan Bundy, who never matched his full potential, but has been okay, or a Chris Archer, who's well past his prime, but can you squeeze out a little bit of extra potential in him? And again, for me, a lot of it does come down to how favorable can the contract be? Unless you feel like you've got um, a really good insight into one of these guys, you're like, yeah, that's the next Jorge De La Rosa, right? You want to look in and say, this is a guy who we think could come in here at, you know, at 29 years old after having been mediocre for most of his career. Um, but still very much deserving of a contract in Major League Baseball and suddenly become that dude, right? Because it does happen. And so that's the thing I wonder whether or not, and I'd be curious to hear from people on uh, Twitter or in the Discord or wherever, whether or not if it was you, there's basically three categories of thing you can do here, right? You could try to sign one. As I talked at the beginning why I've never liked and I don't think they should. And I don't think that they should do it with position players either, but they don't listen to me and they signed Chris Bryant. <laughs> and I like Chris Bryant and, and I don't think it's a terrible contract, but I've talked a lot about why I just don't think those types of contracts are good for the organization. One of the reasons being now that you have Bryant, you really shouldn't have another one, right? So you can't really go after these these guys of, you know, 
maybe Chris Bassett might be old enough, but I still think he'll get that money. You know, Eovaldi, it's too much, right? DeGrom's a whole other thing, and we're not going to get into that. But would you go spend big, right, on one of those guys? Jameson Tyon and Taiwan Walker would be my ceiling. That, for me, is is as rich as I would go. Those guys are both on the other side of 30. They shouldn't cost too much, but they're both coming off from some pretty damn good seasons. We're talking four win seasons, right? And they should be able to, to command a little bit of money. But they don't have so much resume. So those are the guys, if you, if you want to go multi-year deal and you want to get someone you think you know, just a better resume. It's less of a, but see, again, I'm not convinced that that is less of a risk when you're the Rockies for any other team, the resume would mean less of a risk, but for the Rockies, you're basically throwing darts at the board. Anyway, any one of the, there's no guarantee that any of these guys numbers are going to be anything close to what they are there here. (laughs) That was a weird sentence, but you followed it. You're a smart listener. You know, Noah Syndergaard, interesting right? So I would be tempted to try to grab two of these middle ground guys, kind of let this play out and whoever's getting signed first. And then, like I said, grab a, a Michael Lorenzen and a, and bring back Chad cool, you know, and then either both end up taking up a spot in the rotation, or if it turns out that Gomber bounces back, Freeland and Marquez bounce back, Chad Cool solidifies the fourth or fifth spot. As Sensatella returns, then you you feel like you've got a strong rotation back to the way they were in 17, 18, and 19. Yes, the rotation was still very good in 19. Um, and then, you know, Lorenzen goes to the, the pen or something like that. Like, I like that idea. Or... You go off the board, right? Which is what they did for Daniel Bard, Greg Holland, like guys that aren't even on this list who are who are just dudes who are out there, right? We didn't know Daniel Bard was available. I mean, he'd been out of the game for six years, right? Uh, you're probably not going to do something quite that outside the box, but you you could go with like signing three or four of those guys. But I I think they should pick two of these names. You know, and I'd be very curious to hear which two y'all out there are, are most interested in. Drew Smiley is somebody. I mean, you got to be on, on board with Drew's, right? I've always liked Drew Smiley a little bit. Um, but he, he's getting up there in age. That, that But so is Daniel Bard. You really do. You've got to do your research on the guys. But I think it's the contract has to be the thing. You cannot tie yourself to anybody. This is sort of the cold bloodedness of it, right? Of the way the Rockies have to approach the pitching thing is that until you've proven that you can pitch successfully at Coors Field, I can't invest in you. If I'm the Rockies front office, if I'm the Rockies owner or whatever, I can't invest heavily in a pitcher who has less than 25 more than probably 50 innings pitched at course. That's a lot, but at least 25 innings at course field and innings, innings, like really out there doing it. You know, I, I need to see some sample size there and because you just don't know how guys are going to react. So until then, you know, I think you go with these smaller deals, you go with these in-between players. If they flourish, you try to sign them up if you can. If it's a one-year deal, they may try to turn it into a better deal for them in the next year, and, and fair enough, right? But that could even become a thing. 
where all of a sudden the mid-level pitchers or the lower-level pitchers actually are excited to sign with Colorado, not because they think it'll be easy, because they know it won't be, but because they know if they prove themselves there that they'll get a bigger contract elsewhere next time, right? And I think that that could be an interesting thing if the Rockies could figure out how to kind of... uh, I mean, the best-case scenario would be you bring them in, they pitch well, and then you keep them because you need guys who pitch well here, right? Um, But yeah, we'll see what happens with Chad Cool, like I said. Uh, I looked a little bit into Dallas Keuchel, who's now had two bad years in a row, pretty rough. But again, it it, it is that reclamation project. Because he's had two bad years in a row, he's going to be cheap. And he does have all-star pitcher in him. He's got an all-star pitcher mind. There's times he's on all-star pitcher stuff, but he's about to be 36 years old. And I know how that feels. (laughs) Literally, I know exactly how that feels. Uh, Knees aren't what they used to be. So, yeah, this is why it's always a little bit difficult to talk about the Rockies and starting pitching. There have been times in the past where I've gotten, you know, into specific favorites that they got to sign this guy. They got to sign that guy. Go after Michael Waka. Go get Andrew Haney. You got to get Eric Fetty. But it's like, there's... You really don't know how they're going to deal with Coors Field until they get here. And I'd rather go with a host of these guys who maybe can figure it out. And if they don't, I can just, you just part ways with them and go look for the next one. Right? The Chad Cool thing was perfect. It could have worked out better. But it only, but it could, almost couldn't have worked out worse. You know what I mean? Because if he'd come in here and he'd been terrible, they'd have just cut him and brought up um, Feltner to pitch more, right? No harm, no foul. Same thing with Jose Urania right now. If he comes back next year, he's pitching well. Fantastic! They got him. Not only for that, they can pick up the club option for the next year. And if he's not pitching well, that was three million bucks. You can cut him. You can move on to the young kid. I'd like to see a few more of those, but you would like to see somebody with a better resume than Urania, right? You'd like to see somebody who's got a name where there's a little something. There's a couple of years ago, they put up a four-win season or something like that. Or a couple of years ago, they had a huge strikeout year. Or like I said, I like the versatility of a player like Michael Lorenzen who can maybe help you out in both ways. He can be a starter in the first half of the season while Sensatella is recovering, and then he can help your bullpen in the second half. Stuff like that. So let me know what you think. Which of those directions you would go if there's a name that stands out to you uh, that you'd really like to see the Rockies go after? I think I talked about as many of them as I could who are still unsigned. I didn't mention Ryan Yarbaugh. I mean, there's a few, but there there's a lot of interesting pitchers out there, just none that I feel like the Rockies should be 100% attached to. But as I said, any of them they should sign if the right deal comes along and the guy says, yeah, I'll go to Colorado. There, there's that mentality as well, right? We talked about it with Chris Bryant. I think Chad Cool came in with the right attitude. You want a guy coming to Colorado, not because his agent said, hey, you got to take this deal. Jake McGee, Brian Shaw, Wade Davis. Hey, you got to take this deal. This is the best deal you're going to get. So you have to go pitch in Colorado. Those guys don't work out. But the guy says, hey, you got an opportunity here. And if you take advantage of it, you may be able to save your career. That guy comes to Colorado with a much better attitude. They got to go find that guy or two or 
three or four of them. <laughs> all right. Thank you all for listening in. Let me know what you think. You can always hit me up on Twitter at Drew Creaseman. You can slide into the Discord. You can also hit me up in the DMs if you want access to that Discord channel. And you can read all of the written content at milehighsports.com. You can listen to the other podcasts here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. And you can always continue to be absolutely awesome out there. You know that I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.